Good morning. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. Welcome. Uh, that was my opening music, Persian Dawn by Michael Ben Hay. It's Sunday morning. What can I tell you about today's show? Well, I better tell you about the show in general and then I will go into specifics. This is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people, people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their choices, their consequences. And what I found is that regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning what they share and getting a sense of what is transferable, we can choose to apply the relevant aspect in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. Now, I often find subjects that come my way can shake up an area of my life that I've been unaware needs a, needs a revisit. And I learn from everyone who comes in here and everyone I meet along my way. And this last few weeks has been no exception. As many of my regular visitors know, I often cover homelessness. It's an area I feel passionately about. I feel it's important to be aware of it as we can sometimes believe that it will never happen to us or to anyone we know, but it can and it does. So the more aware we are of how we get to that state um, and the more aware of the ideals and the beliefs that we carry around people who get there, the the better we can support our friends and um, ourselves and anyone that we know who finds themselves in a situation that needs that support. Our show today looks at a local organization that has been working tirelessly over the last 50 years, and I quote from their website, to bring young people and their communities together with hope, determination, and permission to change. And what we have to remember is sometimes young people need permission to be able to be the change makers in our lives. They need to the confidence to be able to honor what they're feeling because they feel everything. They feel, oh, I don't like the way um, people are with each other. It just seems very combative. I just would rather just, you know, find a different way to negotiate perhaps or to um, maybe it's the politics. Maybe they, they, they're not inspired by the way our politicians in inverted commas debate. We have to give them permission to be able to speak up and say, I don't want it that way. I am going to choose not to do that in my life. So Fusion have been in our local community for years and it's one of the only centres I found out on the weekend with their own building and what a building it is. They um, use it to the full. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's it's um, it, you must go down and, and drop in. They're in Jersey Street. They've, uh, they have a youth group three times a week and apparently at that youth group group they make a mean milkshake so <laughs> if you're ever around that area and you want to just drop in then feel free they've got an op shop next door which totally funds the work that they do in the center so um you know it's really great to be able to just go down see what they do see how you can support them there was a, a conversation that i had with a guest a few weeks ago who said, oh, you know, are you involved in that Triple H day? And I was like, mm, we will be any second now. And indeed, uh, indeed we were. It was Hornsby Helping the Homeless. It was run by Fusion. And um, the homeless people were given the opportunity to go along and get any clothes that they wanted, to have a haircut, to have some washing done by Orange Sky Laundry. We'll have, be having an interview with them most likely after the news. And to enjoy a meal with the dish, all free of charge. So that was um, that was all by the Tafe Car Park um, at in Jersey Street. Let me just bring up an interview that I've got with um, Miff Webster, who is the administrator there. Uh, administrator extraordinaire, I hasten to add. So I'm now standing with Miff, who has organised this whole thing. Welcome. Thank you. Tell me, Miff, what possessed you? Where did the inspiration come from? 
Okay, so we have our op shop just um, next door and it was really because it was time for our changeover. So it's the end of our winter season, obviously going into summer, and we just decided it would be a good idea to try and give away excess clothes at the end of the season. And that's really what started getting the ball rolling in terms of getting everything else happening and the other people involved started in Hornsby 50 years ago um, and the op shop has been there for more than 25 years so we hope that people are aware of it I mean we get a lot of people coming through and we get a lot of donations so it's obviously a lot of people do know about it but it's still the case that you know people say who do you work for and you say I work for Fusion and they don't know anything about us and what we do so there's still a long way to go in terms of getting the, the word out about what Fusion does. In a way, it's quite a good thing because they don't need the service and they're not, uh, you know, at risk. But at the, on another, at the other end of the scale, it's really important for us as a community to know what services are there in the community and what support is there for maybe people and friends who might need their services. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, it's also really valuable for all the organisations that exist in the area to know who else is out there so that services aren't doubled up um, and so that you can also combine forces. If you're trying to do something that's um, and you've got the same um, objective in mind, you can team up and, and work together to try and reach that goal. So, yeah. Is there anything that you get in your op shop that you don't want? We can't take electrical goods because we haven't. they have to be um, compliant and we don't have anyone who can do that. So we can't take electrical items and we don't really have enough space for furniture. So but really everything else, um, clothing, jewellery, bric-a-brac, brac, um, yeah. So tell me more about the, the Fusion service and what you offer from the Fusion offices. Sure. So the op shop is what funds all the things that we run here. So we're very grateful that it is uh, so successful. Um, so in our little community centre here, we have a youth drop-in centre. We have a toy library and a playgroup on a Wednesday. Um, and it's a little bit different from other playgroups in terms of our volunteers try and give the mums a bit of a break and watch the kids so they can have a little bit of downtime. And we have some fantastic ladies who donate their time and energy and um, bake some really delicious goodies and so they're sold very inexpensively so you can come and have a very cheap morning tea and yummy piece of cake and fill in a bit of time and your kids can have a have some downtime and we often have some um, music and we always have craft groups or craft activities available for the kids as well. Um, then we also run um, on a, well we work with um, Community Migrant Resource Centre, they use our office one day a week and they're now running um, a Korean women's craft group here and as well as a seniors group they're about to start. Um, on a Wednesday evening we have a community tea and um, that's open to everybody. We normally serve something fairly basic, hamburgers or spaghetti or something along those lines. Um, but we have some people who come every week and they love it. And that might be their only outing for the week. And don't forget, you're a bit of a fan of Pinterest, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I love Pinterest. And so on a Friday morning, we run, we run a Pinterest craft group. Um, it's just uh, was an idea to just give me some time but to also um, share the um, the fantastic thing that Pinterest is and, um, and be able to have some time to sit down and do some of the craft things that you see um, yeah, online. Good for you. Now, um, the other thing I understand is that you've got local schools coming to help with some of the uh, younger people who don't speak, who have English as a second language. Is that correct? That's right. Yes, we have a, a homework club we've just started for primary school um, students and we've got the senior school kids, sort of 10 to, years 10 to 12, coming along to help those primary school kids with their homework um, and they might be having some language difficulties at school and so they'll assist them with their homework. So, yeah. That's one big amount coming out of one small community group. Thank you so much. And I love the fact that when you can't help someone here, you know who else in the community can help them so you don't leave anyone less. That's right. Hopefully we, um, we're aware of who else is out there and we can pass them on to people in the right, in the right area. Um, but it's also great. It means that if we're both working towards the same goal, we can sometimes combine forces and, and try and reach that goal together.
Thank you, Miff. Thank you for doing the Triple H Day, which just happens to be the name of our community <laughs> radio station bonus. Um, thank you for inviting us along, and we'll look forward to hopefully seeing you again next year at this. Thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate you coming along, and yes, fingers crossed, we can run it again next year. <laughs> there you go. How about that? So, coming up now, we're going to have an interview with Daniel Neal. I didn't really know Daniel until um, a few weeks ago, really, when I uh, came into contact with him through my work. And um, there was just a real, really gentle air about him, but incredibly focused. He he was, um, you can tell that he has a genuine care and a sense of compassion and a gentleness that you can totally understand why he's in charge of all the youth work at Fusion um, in at the north center it just to me it um it was just a a really lovely approachable um guy and we had uh the youth group come down for the sleep in your car which probably speaking a little bit too early about that but hold on it's coming um and he was uh he was great at just talking to them and getting them to do activities and engaging them and getting them to think about things and just the way he did it was beautiful i can understand um how he manages to get the activity out of the young people who work with him and and how he inspires them now um in this interview which i probably should have played a week ago but i physically couldn't do it daniel's talking to us about um, what he does and what was coming up for the sleep in your car. So be surprised as if I haven't actually slept in my car and it hasn't actually happened and um, let it be an inspiration for next year when you too can all get involved. Without further ado, Daniel Neal. You um, work for Fusion as a youth worker, is that correct? Yes, yeah. I'm, I coordinate uh, Fusion's youth work uh, here in the Hornsby area. Have you noticed an increase in numbers of people coming through your door the, in, in, the, um, in the youth centre, in, in the youth sector? Um, things have been pretty steady, I guess, over the last five years I've been here. Um, often uh, we have influxes when I make time to go out and promote what we do um, at schools and things like that. Um, and then things drop off. It gets a bit quieter during the colder months. Um, people are out and about less. Um, and also this time of year with uh, particularly HSC exams coming on, it's a bit quieter as well. People are focusing on their studies and things. So, yeah. Now you've managed to get some year 10 and 11, 12 year olds coming and helping with the primary school homework. Is that correct? Yeah, so we've, um, yeah, we've just started this homework help group um, for primary school aged uh, kids who are from non-English speaking backgrounds. And yeah, we've got uh, uh, five or six high school aged volunteers. Uh, so they're years nine to 11. Um, and yeah, from a variety of different schools around the area, Barker and North Sydney boys, Hornsby girls. Um, and they're, they're, they're coming to help the younger kids with their homework. It's been great. And next week, you have your sleep out. Tell us a little bit about that. So, it's called Sleep in Your Car, and uh, it's primarily a, an awareness-raising campaign for homelessness, um, youth homelessness and homelessness generally. Um, yeah, so we're, we're sleeping out um, and there, we'll also be doing some other activities and uh, things to get us thinking about homelessness and um, I guess focusing us on what some of the issues that homeless people who are experiencing homelessness face. Um, I think uh, particularly in this area it's not as seen as it's hidden away a lot more than it might be in the city. Um, so yeah, it's not as in it's not in people's faces as much. So um, it's kind of forgotten in a lot of ways. So I guess we're just trying to bring it to the forefront, particularly being you know youth uh, homeless prevention week. And uh, yeah, so that's that's exciting. We uh, yeah. 
One of the things that I loved about it is that you're highlighting the fact that homelessness isn't just sleeping on the street. Sometimes it is in your car. Sometimes it's couch surfing. There are many different forms. And, you know, for that first night that you actually have nowhere to stay other than your car, it's probably the most vulnerable time, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Not that I've actually been homeless. Um, but, yeah, I, something like 6% of all homelessness is people sleeping rough um, or on the streets. The 94% are people who are couch surfing or staying in refuges or, um, you know, temporary accommodation or, yeah, that are displaced in other ways. So they're, um, they're staying elsewhere, um, but they're not on the streets. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, and in, in that... When people think of homelessness, they automatically go to the pe think about the people who are on the streets, and that's just a very small portion of the homelessness homeless population. So, yeah, I imagine it would be pretty terrifying. Thank you very much, and well done for doing it. I'm joining you next week, and I look forward to it. Hopefully, it warms up a bit. <laughs> I hope so too. But then we have the choice, don't we? Really, so we just have to suck it up and do it anyway. Yeah. No, that's, that's right. And, uh, yeah, if any of your listeners want to come down um, and join us, they're more than welcome. You can go to sleepinyourcar.com.au to register. And welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. Um, well, what a morning we have had so far. Um, I have introduced you to Fusion, to Myth to Daniel and now I'm going to um, play an interview that I recorded on their Triple H Day at Hornsby Helping the Homeless um, last Friday uh, that I did with Orange Sky Laundry. Now just to give you a little bit of background on Orange Sky Laundry, um, you might have heard of them before. They are a um, an organisation that was set up by Lucas Patchett and Nicholas Marchese, um, two 20-year-olds who actually felt that there was something that they could do about the issue of um, maybe just giving a little bit of, um, I won't say self-respect, you know, just helping young, helping people who are homeless, helping their friends um, uh, be able to have their clothes washed. So they saw a problem. Um, they saw that there was a disconnect, a uh, perception and a treatment of homeless uh, young in crisis. And they saw that the community could do something about it. So they had a, um, a vehicle, a truck, and they put two washing machines, a washing machine and a dryer in the back of it. And they set out to um, wash their, you know, people who needed their clothes washed um, and then they put out six chairs and it was an opportunity to connect and talk and, um, uh, and, and talk. Orange Sky Laundry is a catalyst for conversation. In the one hour time it takes to wash and dry someone's clothes, there is absolutely nothing to, to do but sit down on one of our or six orange chairs and have a positive and genuine conversation between our everyday volunteers and everyday friends on the street. Now... Amazingly, um, Orange Sky Laundry saw what Fusion were doing and wanted to be involved. So they came up to Hornsby and um, here is the interview that I did with them on the day last Friday. Big shout out to the... Uh, there, were more, there were more volunteers than I was able to interview, uh, but... Um, uh, a big shout out to Maz, the coordinator, um, Lucy, Leanne and Bob and thank you for this interview. Team of people with you from Orange Sky yep. Laundry, how did you get involved? Um, I originally saw them on the news and um, just wanted to be a part of it. I wanted, I've always wanted to help um, and just give something back to the community. So I started up in October of last year when it first came to Sydney and I have two teams. I have a Tuesday night team and a Friday night team fortnightly but um so there's a couple of the girls here from my teams and you cover Willamaloo and Martin Place yeah Willamaloo on a Tuesday night and Martin Place on a Friday night and what time does that go 
Um, so we usually start at Woolloomooloo from 7 o'clock um, and we can go up until about 11, depending on how many of our friends need their clothes washed. Um, and Martin Place, we usually start at about 7 as well and also can go to 10, 11 o'clock. So as long as we have access to a tap, we can go. I mean, I know our shifts are only two or three hours, but if our friends need their clothes washed, we're usually there to do it. So. And what made you come to Hornsby? Uh, I saw it advertised on our Facebook page and I wanted the van to be out here just to, um, to raise a bit more awareness. Um, for Orange Sky, hoping to get more vans in Sydney so that we can have them everywhere. <laughs> It'd be rather lovely to have a regular one in Hornsby. Now, who have I got here? Lucy. Hello, Lucy. Welcome. Um, now, you're a volunteer on which team? I do the Tuesday nights and Friday nights with Maz, so I'm on Maz's team, and I do the fortnightly shift Tuesday, Friday. Um, I've been there since February, March, and um, I work with Maz, so I found out from Maz and I saw her um, doing a, a few things for the laundry and I thought I want to join and absolutely love it. I love coming out and meeting new friends and helping, helping them um, make their lives better. Have you learned more about yourself from doing this? I wasn't quite aware of how big the homelessness was. Um, so where the industry I work in, I should have been more aware, but it's actually um, really hit me hard and um, I don't know how to describe what we see sometimes and it's quite um, shocking it's very sad and also um, inspiring when you can go out there and give them what they actually need and it's basic um, human needs yeah Leanne do you volunteer on both the Tuesday and Friday as well I oh, know just on a Friday fortnight um, so I started eight months ago as well uh, when they first uh, launched in Sydney and I just do a fortnightly shift with Maz at uh, Martin Place and what are the sort of what sort of experiences have you had in the time that you've been doing it? Um, we've had some good and bad experiences. Uh, I think the good experience is uh, understanding uh, what's important to our friends and uh, giving them uh, the hygiene benefit as well as. Uh, building a relationship with, with some of the people on the street. I think that um, that experience of making sure that someone has clean clothes psychologically and for their self-esteem, that's hugely important, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, who doesn't love clean clothes on themselves? Out of the dry, um, yeah. yeah, and they feel better about they themselves. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now, we've got Bob here. Hello, Bob. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. The only man of the team so far. <laughs> That's right. That's because I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's lovely to have you here. Now, you don't just work on Orange Sky Laundry. Where, do you, where else do you work or volunteer? I work at, or I volunteer at a place called Cana, which is really looking after people transitioning from jail to society and, unfortunately, usually back to jail again, uh, which is a real problem. But I also... Um, help out at uh, the Sydney Bus Museum doing some of the administration work there which opened last Monday incidentally. Ah, that's a what's on everyone, they have got to go see that. Um, now what do you notice at the Exodus Foundation? What do you notice when, when you're doing your laundry duties there? Well the Exodus Foundation is like a draw card for a lot of homeless people because it provides breakfast every day and lunch every day so it's convenient for people coming to breakfast and lunch to also have their clothes washed and that was really the launching spot for Orange Sky Laundry in Sydney and it has a big roll up every week um, usually starts 7.30 can finish as late as 2 o'clock uh, because there's a big demand both from men and women unfortunately who come along. Um, have the women that come, are you noticing that uh, there are more women recently? It's gradually climbing, the number. There's still a predominance of men. But, for instance, last Tuesday we had five ladies came along, you know, with quite a lot of washing, and they really don't have any access to washing machines. I know that the statistics are showing with the domestic violence um, statistics becoming a bit more um, looked into and real. It's showing a higher number of women um, and young people you know, under 12 um, either couch surfing or having problems with homelessness. I, I'm wondering if they're not actually, they're given priority in the shelters and perhaps aren't so much on the street, but I would have thought they'd use this kind of service if they could. Um, a lot of them do use our services, um, but also we find a lot of women just come to have a chat because they're so withdrawn from society and don't have anyone to talk to that they just 
they find the orange chairs and, and they come and see us and have a chat and we have a laugh about things and I think it helps them get their mind off things for even if it is three hours until the next week we're there or until the next day when the, when the van's somewhere else. So um, I know a lot of uh, places like Matthew Talbot that you mentioned earlier do have washing facilities but they do have to be up at 5.30 in the morning just to be able to access those facilities. So you know to have to get up at 5 30 in the morning to wash your clothes and dry them and i think they also charge for them as well so and we right. don't charge so you have a lot of non-judgmental conversations um what what is the policy how do you how does the conversation flow how do you start it or do they very often um they generally start or it just depends on on the person i think we just introduce ourselves yeah. really and it just goes from there it's a, it's an organic process and because we're there every week or every fortnight, you start to build a relationship with somebody. So um, they may, may come with someone new and they'll introduce you. So it's quite a little community amongst the homeless people. So we don't find we really have to try much no, to have a conversation or we don't... Sometimes you get people that don't want to talk. They just want to sit there, which is fine by us. So we, you know, you can read Respect someone... their privacy yeah. and, and if they want to sit... You know, sit down for three hours, and by all means, I think it just makes them feel like they're a part of something. So we don't judge. Yeah, it's all about reading their body language as well. Like you know, someone's open to have a chat, and you know, they gauge you with eye contact to say, "Look, I'm over here. Can we have a chat?" And some people just don't want to have a chat, which is fine by us. So as long as we're providing it's, that. It's very varied. I mean, we have one guy who comes every week, and he has an intellectual disability that he doesn't talk at all. You know that, so you don't encroach on that at all. Whereas we have other people that come and want to tell you what actually happened, you know, last night down at the park and who did what to whom and all this sort of stuff, you know. So you just you just sit and listen half the time. Mm. From a safety point of view, is it always quite calm or are there ever any flare-ups? No, it's, I think it's very unpredictable what our shift is going to be like and it, I know that we've got our usual friends that are there and will always kind of look after us but, you know, three metres away there's a punch-up and, you know, four metres the other way there's a little drug deal happening and, I mean, it's very, very unpredictable. Yeah, we've had some issues at Martin Place where we've... Uh, encountered like a lot of violence, a lot of violence but um, thankfully it wasn't uh, directly at us um, you know one of uh, a comment was made for uh, at me and one of the other guys got really upset with one of the other homeless people and they do they stick up for us yeah we kind of become part of their little family almost there's a respect issue isn't there it's clearly that they as they say they're, they're very protected they've got morals they've got you know, they're not going they're to let someone diss you. Very smart people that have just unfortunately had a bad turn in life or, a, a, you know, a run of bad turns. Um, but they're very smart, very switched on, very street smart as well, which I think a lot of us may lack because we do go home to our families and our, you know, our hot meals and our clean clothes. And these guys don't. So. I think it's a very varied world out yeah. there. I mean, there's a lot of theft within the homeless community, you know, stealing one from the other. Uh, this can be violence also. I mean, I agree with what was said. There are a lot of smart people there, but there are a lot of intellectually troubled people. Uh, and, uh, you know, that doesn't make for a happy scene all the time. You know, so it's a tough life out there. I wouldn't like to paint it as one big happy family. I, you know, I think it's quite <laughs> scary when you get into, into it, you know. My understanding from the research I've done is there's very few people who are homeless who don't have a mental health issue, if not before, afterwards, because it just strips away so much. Do you, do you, how, what's your experience of what you're seeing? How does it make you, it, it feels like it churns you up a little bit. Oh, I have trouble sleeping when I go home because I'm so hyped up. But uh, one of the things we do do, and I think it's made a little bit of a difference, is we I play music on the Tuesdays and Friday night shift. We have a little um, sound box and we take requests and we play music and they it absolutely love it and that takes them back to a great time in their life. And they um, So I, now I have an Orange Sky playlist. Of all, and they've taught me some beautiful music I didn't know about and um, it, we just have a bit of a dance sometimes when they want to and... And they love it and really makes them feel um, even more secure in themselves that they've got good memories that they can link back to with the music. 
I was um, listening to a podcast on dementia and it's in fact it was a catalyst program on dementia and its relationship with yes. music and yes. did you I watch that, that last too? night it's on netflix at is, the moment. isn't yes. it interesting yes. because it actually feeds what you're saying that it can take them back to a time where they were very happy equally it can take them back to a time where they weren't but it's like an awakening yes yeah people that are um in insular and um non-communicative start singing and dancing when they have the music and, yeah. and we do have a lot of older people as well that come to our Friday night shift so the music does yeah it does help we find that, uh, that they they love to dance as well so it's not just a laundry service we also provide <laughs> a dancing service <laughs> I've just got this picture of you all having dance cards yeah. Bob yours is going to be Bob's extremely amazing. long we, we don't dancing. have dancing Bob's amazing <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of older people so and, and you know with the music and when we say older we're talking grandparent older and you know I mean a lot of our volunteers are relatively youngish I personally don't have grandparents so I love hanging out with with old Hank and <laughs> why are you laughing <laughs> I'm definitely grandparent age <laughs> I can tell you that yeah, so I, it, it, I thought I was the oldest volunteer till I met a guy at Newtown when I picked up the van today. Uh, he's six months older oh, than wow. I am. <laughs> You're a baby, but I'm now. <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, the older, um, the older homeless people—they even like the uh, the music that's coming on the radio now. So, you know, it gives them a good con- gives us a good conversation piece for them, and. Yeah, it, it just, just something to, to laugh about, yeah. just to have a joke and a laugh and, and just really lighten up their night a yeah, bit. Yeah, get on their level as well. And It's about community, isn't it? It is about community it is. and it's about learning from one another. You know, I've been taught so much from a lot of our homeless friends that, like Lucy said, there are times where I go home and can't sleep as well because it's just been so overwhelming and be it like a really bad night or a really good night that you're still on a high from, it's, it's hard to switch off and continue your day-to-day life knowing that tomorrow morning they're going to be looking for another place to sleep. It's, it's really hard to, to walk away with that. I think especially as uh, the rain continues in Sydney like, and we're out there and we've got to do it rain, hail or shine and then we think, well, where are they going to go? Like, and we know where they sleep in town but some of it's not under any shelter and they can't sleep within the stations and I think it's a it's a big issue for Sydney and like we really need to start doing something about this so this is a great service it's you know helping them with the hygiene aspect uh, but I think as a community we need to do more I think that uh, whole thing about where do they sleep rain hail or shine that rain it's very true you know we, th- we we think that in Sydney in Australia you can sleep out it's going to be quite warm it's not winter is cold yeah. winter is cold and summer's probably worse because you've got so many mosquitoes and so many bugs and it's, it's pr- probably bad like both seasons um, and yeah, so when it is raining and, and there's nowhere, nowhere for them to sleep because you know that the security guard or the cops are going to come and, and shoo them away and that's exactly what they do. They get shooed away like they're, they're non-humans and it's really quite sad. We've got the um, Fusion Sleep in Your Car event next week and um, I'm aware that it's going to be very cold so you know I'm thinking okay already planning my thermals I'm planning my you know a really good sleeping bag a nice pillow and then I think mm, that's not really entering into the spirit of things what it would be like what would it be like if you literally left straight away and that's all you had a lot of them can't carry um, a lot of things so they have to travel quite lightly one because they don't have a permanent place to sleep and two it gets quite heavy moving but especially if it gets wet yeah. sleeping bags get wet and things like that and if if our service wasn't there to wash them and we do we wash them as often as we can as often as they want them washed but that, imagine carrying a whole bag of your clothes that are drenched like that stuff weighs a ton so they do tend to travel light so of course traveling light means you're freezing cold and even us with our hoodies and our beanies and scarves and gloves on we feel the cold so you can't really imagine what they'd be going through and what they'd be feeling it's just it's absolutely heartbreaking i think if anyone's going to do the car um, sleep in the car they need to just go in there with light pants and a t-shirt because that's how the homeless are really sleeping if they want to feel what it's like to be sleeping out on the street you need to wear as minimal as possible. A lot of these people are up at 5am in the morning because that's when the whole scene starts so they don't get to sleep in till 7 or 8 o'clock. They, leave, they get shooed away. They yeah, they do. I council mean, workers? At, at, 
on our shift, for instance, we start at 7.30am and there'd be five or six bags for washing lined up and people have been there since 6am, you know, waiting. So it's a, it's a bit of a rough life. Yeah, it's not easy at all. They can't set up little camp tents or anything like that for them to know they can go back to it. They're woken up every morning um, just so that they don't make the streets of Sydney look bad. So that says a lot about us as humans. So, you know, if we can be on the other side of that trying to help in any way we can, I think that's we're doing an amazing job. Thank you very much. Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. Um, I've got a little um, bit from the Sleep in Your Car event now. Now, um, gosh, it was funny. Friday night, uh, the time had come. Sleep in Your Car event had arrived. There were, um, it was run across 11 sites around Australia and over a whole week. And it, its idea is to raise awareness of the fact that there are over 100,000 homeless in Australia on any given night. And 26,000 of these are young people. So for the Sydney North event, we had a local youth group come down and have dinner as well as a talk from a gentleman who started the dish. Um, it's an amazing story and I will have him in to, to tell that story himself. Um, then we went outside and saw how many people could fit into a cardboard box and into Daniel's car. And, oh my word! Um, I, I talk about it a little, a little in this next um, this next package. But I so wish I had my microphone so you could have got some of the background squeals and excitement from everybody who was there. Anyway, without further ado, um, and and I'm talking quite quietly because I'm in my car in the night um, and there's no one else around so I didn't really want to look like a, um, a complete nutter as I felt in the car talking to myself in my little diary mode. Um, enjoy. Well, it's the fusion sleep out tonight. We've had an amazing night actually so far and I'm now snuggled up in um, a Toyota Corolla. I think I'm a bit big for it. <laughs> I'm only five foot four and a half. But um, I can only tell you that five foot four and a half doesn't fit sideways across the back seat. Um, yeah, no, it doesn't happen. And the other thing that doesn't happen in a Toyota Corolla is when, the, when you put the seats down, the back seats down, you're not really, it's, not, um, it's more than five foot four. No, it's less than five foot four because you kind of your head falls off the end into the gap between the front seat and the seat that's down so that doesn't work either so i've decided i'm going to start the night sideways with my legs up and see how i go because i think it's got to be more comfortable than lying on one of the front seats with them as far back as they can but you never know, might find me trying another position a little bit later. So let me tell you a little bit about this evening, which was so good. I had a talk about the dish, an amazing story from the dish. And uh, I'll come back to that because that's a whole story in itself. And then um, we tried to see how many of the local youth group we could get in a cardboard box. Oh my goodness, you're going to have to look at the pictures. There were just so many people trying to climb into this box. It wasn't a very big box, but uh, nine people managed to get in the box. And then lovely Daniel, who runs the, um, who's the youth worker at, the, at Fusion here in Hornsby, <laughs> lent his car to see how many people could get in his car and I have to I can't even remember the number but it was the entire youth youth group that got in and that's a lot of people there were people sideways uh, there were about maybe six people in the front seat of the car um in the front seats and I just dread I can't even think how many people got in the back it must have been maybe 10 maybe maybe more I mean I just literally the, the suspension on the car <laughs> oh, I'll put some of the photographs up because obviously you had to be there to find it quite as funny as I found it but it was very very good and then um, 
And then we had a demonstration about one of the sleeping packs that, that uh, you can donate if you want to donate. Um, you can obviously buy them for yourself if you're a really good, um, if you love camping, you can make tents and a sleeping bag out of it. But if you want to donate it, uh, they cost $80 and they're donated to someone who needs it. So I thought that was quite a good idea. You might be able to hear I have a slight blocked nose. I'm doing this at the tail end of a sinus infection. I feel pretty good. I've been really looking after myself, so I felt well enough to come. I just uh, just feel a bit blocked as I'm <laughs> sideways with my head a lot lower than it would normally be. The Toyota Corolla. Good old Toyota Corolla. Thank you very much for... Uh, providing me with my bed tonight thinking about it though if this was all I had it's quite um, it's quite scary like not knowing where you're going to be able to park where you're not going to be um, interrupted uh, where you're not going to be bothered, where you're not going to be told to move on. I mean, you've got clear windows, so everyone can see in, so there's absolutely no privacy. Um, you lock, have to lock your doors. Strange noises at night or what's going on outside. Yeah, it's a strange feeling. I think I mean, we were talking around the fire this evening about how good it is that, you know, I think sometimes you've got to do things like this to take yourself out of your comfort zone because if you don't put yourself out and do things, well, for me, if I don't put myself out and do things like this or chats with sleeps rough in a few weeks' time, if I, if I don't do things like that, I can just get sucked into this comfortable life, you know, I guess it makes me just appreciate that I have a shower that I can get into every morning and every evening if I want to, that I have a warm bed, uh, that I have a safe house, that I feel safe with my family. Now, those aren't things that everybody has. Yeah, it makes me just much more appreciative of what is in my life and the commitment I have to looking after myself and making sure that I'm, you know, I'm engaged in my own well-being and, um, yeah, makes me much more appreciative. Well, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to try and go to sleep. What time is it? Quarter past ten fire's gone out. No one's having um, any more marshmallows toasting. Only three out of four, five other cars in the car park. People leaving the pub. Right by a train, not too far away from a train stop and got the police behind us. Now night everyone. Well, what time is it now? Quarter to six. I've been up for a little while. Um, <laughs> did you know that um, Toyota Corollas have got really fabulous seats that shaped for bums? You know, they kind of curve around the edge, but when you're lying across them, it makes your spine, like, just do what it's not supposed to do. So, um... I spent, I, I realised this as I lay down, I, I thought it was the um, seatbelt um, things, but it, it so wasn't. <laughs> it was, um, it was the curve of the mattress, as it were. Um, so then I turned and let my spine sort of sink the other way, because of course your muscles relax, so you're, it's, it's all on your bones, really. Um, it was... Uh, it was a bit uncomfortable, and then I found a very good way about four o'clock this morning of just kneeling on the on the um, floor because I'd pushed the seats 
the front seats forward and then just resting my head uh, on the um, on the seat that I've been sleeping on and that was really quite comfortable just to iron out my back and just give it a little bit of space so um, now it's what quarter to six I can see that a fire's starting so I'm going to go and um, and stand around that fire for a little bit and put my beanie on my head and go out and uh, see what the morning holds the trains by the way start at about quarter to five um, with a lot of noise and um, but yeah, people start moving around here about quarter to six it's quite interesting still very dark um, cars have gone in the night which I didn't even notice um, I think those were commuters so thank you um, Fusion I seem to have got a new perspective of my bed and actually I would not like to need to sleep in my car because it would take me quite a few nights to figure out how to get a good night I, I when I first woke up I thought there's just no way I could go and do a day's work and uh, and pretend that I don't live in a car I just I just don't think I could fake it um, in fact I have a quite a busy day but it'll be interesting to see how I feel during the day anyway more to come and indeed the day went better than I thought it would go uh, but I had I was more hungry I actually wanted to eat more which I didn't indulge uh, because whenever I'm tired I want sugar and I figured actually I probably wouldn't have sugar so I didn't have any I ate um, very simply for the day I carried on doing everything that I needed to do I did struggle not to let people know what I'd done which was quite interesting because I thought why do I need to tell people you know if I'm not if I'm trying not to then <laughs> I failed on that count but um, I also felt that it actually raised awareness and potentially would encourage others to do it next year um, I, I, um, I had a beautiful bath I really appreciated the bath I, I cleaned my face um, very deeply which of course was one of the things I learned um, is that I, I, I let go of some of my normal routines like cleaning my face brushing my teeth they're little things that I didn't do and it's strange because it's such a big part of my routine at home and I would say these are some of the things that I learned you know the other thing was that you have to be very organized in your car because um, it could get really messy really quickly now I was blowing my nose a fair bit and I could easily have just chucked my tissues everywhere but it just felt like I was being really disrespectful to the space and I wouldn't do that at home, so why should I do that in a car? The other thing, which sounds very obvious, is light. Um, you don't have any light, uh, obviously. Lights go out <laughs> outside. Um, you have no light in the car, so it's very important to know where your source of light is. Now, mine was on my phone, and so I needed to try and make sure that I didn't lose my phone in the car around the tissues in my bag whatever so that there was you know I mean I entertained myself loads on all sorts of little things and I did entertain myself trying to find my phone at, uh, at some point um, there are no curtains so you have to be careful how you undress or if you're going to undress or if you're going to change and changing you know you may want to change your clothes from one day to the next uh, it, 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 feel, it makes you feel a little bit better. Anyway, um, I was aware that I wouldn't be doing that in my car uh, that night. And um, obviously there was that, uh, that bit of I, I was there with a group of other people and so we had the togetherness of sitting by the fire before and, and again after the day after. And um, Daniel made it really easy to, to connect and to connect with as a group. So... Yeah, I would say that those were all things that are important to consider. Um, yeah, it gave me a new insight. It totally gave me a new insight, and I'm really pleased I did it. Now, um, should you want to do something like that and just get an idea for yourself, raise awareness for the homeless, Chatswood are also um, doing an event called Chatswood Sleeps Rough. Now, it's raising funds for the Salvation Army and street work. Um, disclaimer, I work for street work, so... I'm uh, I'm sleeping rough that night. You have to pay a hundred dollars to register for the Chatswood Sleeps Rough, but it's a it's a great opportunity. You're actually in uh, Storage King in Chatswood. They've provided the accommodation and a cardboard box for the night, but everything else you bring, um, and the dinner will be provided. There's a, a sausage sizzle, so that. 
that's pretty good. So if you're interested in doing that, you can go to www.chatswithsleepsrough.com.au. So a big thank you to Fusion for um, giving me the opportunity to go out of my comfort zone and experience uh, what it was like to sleep in my car. I, um, I really do have a newfound respect and I... I, I certainly don't think, which I thought probably a few a few days ago, a few weeks ago, that it probably was better to be sleeping in your car than sleeping rough, but they all have their own insecurities and none of it is great. Uh, really, it's, it's, yeah, it's just not great either way. Now, there is a, a really good directory of homeless help called Ask Izzy, um, which is www.askizzy.org.au and they have... Um, an example of loads of services that are nearby that you can look for there. I will put that up on my website. But I just wanted to say that as ever, um, there is a discipline that's called for in our own engagement with our health and well-being. I've had many amazing guests on the show and uh, the show on Hertz and not dealing with them with uh, Jean Gamble really helped me to understand how we can be so hurt in our lives that we find it hard to deal with things um, that we can put our head in the sand and have a whole load of coping mechanisms that can lead us down a road that means we find ourselves in very vulnerable situations and sometimes too proud to ask for help or until it's too late so it's well worth getting support early on and uh, find a good counsellor, get support, reach out to people in the community who you might see need someone to, uh, and maybe walk beside them for, for a while or ask someone to walk beside you for a while. But please don't leave it and think that um, issues go away. Uh, sadly, my experience is they don't. But I also know that there's a great deal of help around for us um, anytime we need it. Thank you to my interviewees this week. Uh, thank you to the amazing team at Fusion North Sydney. Thank you to Miff. Thank you to Daniel. Thank you to the Orange Sky Laundry. And thank you to you for listening. It's been a different style of show today with lots of play-ins and me talking very quietly. So hopefully you lent into the radio and had a had an intimate uh, relationship with the radio and, uh, and, uh, and a different kind of style. The podcast will be available through Stay in the Loop with Lucy website and also on SoundCloud. And if you want to get updates of when they're posted, then please remember to like either the Facebook page or sign up for updates on um, the Stay in the Loop with Lucy or the SoundCloud page. Don't forget, if you're going to share it, please hashtag Stay in the Loop with Lucy. Um, and all those listings are on the Triple H homepage. Till next week, um, please remember to take a moment to look after you to connect with the amazing people in our community. Be kind, be caring, be love, be you, ultimately. You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM. 